This is Clearly Christian with Dr. Cy Smith, bringing light and giving voice to our country's single greatest hope while moving the culture to God's design. Our mission, to increase the census of those who live and influence society from a biblical worldview. The time for Clearly Christian is now. Here is your host, Dr. Cy Smith. I'm Dr. Cy Smith, and this is Clearly Christian a podcast about what it means to see the world from a biblical frame of reference or from God's perspective, and then the impact that that has on training future generations to live a life for Christ. Thank you again for joining us today, and with me today is our guest, Dr. Glenn Schultz. He's the founder and director of Kingdom Education Ministries. He's the author of several books related to today's topic, and he's really given his life to the study of God's plan for education. So I'm excited to talk to him today. He's been a longtime friend, and we'll get to him in just a moment. But first, let's go to school. Today, I'd like for you to know more about what the Bible specifically has to say about education and how that will impact how we train future generations to live for Christ and to live a Christ uh, life consistent with a biblical worldview. Uh, as I've said previously, both the culture and the church will be influenced by how we train our future generations. So I've got three chalkboard points that I want to make right out of the gate today that you need to know, and I hope you really take these with you today as a result of our conversation. Number one, God is not silent on the issue of education, and we can no longer overlook what he has to say about this matter. Um the, these convictions have to be acted out. I think the consequences, as we're seeing today, can no longer be overlooked or ignored. And I'm sure that'll come up in one of our conversations with Dr. Schultz. Again, number one, God is not silent on the issue of education. Number two, government education has changed drastically and rapidly, and it's not going to turn around anytime soon. The cultural influence is too strong and the system is too big. So again, it has changed drastically from when many of us, myself included, and certainly my generation, have been in school. And we just can't expect that it's going to turn around on its own. The system is too big and the culture is just too strong. And chalkboard point number three, all education is aimed at developing some type of outcome. In other words, students are going to have some sort of philosophy or worldview when they exit school. And this worldview can only go one of two directions. It's either going to be man-centered or it's going to be God-centered. And again, every education has is built or designed for some kind of out outcome. And it'll either be man-centered or it'll be God-centered. Christian schools, as I've stated before, are the only system outside of the Christian home and church that are going to intentionally instill in your child a biblical worldview. So again, those three points, when you realize that God's not silent on the issue of education and training children, then you need to consider how you think about education. What does that mean for you and your children and the education that you support, obviously? And as we'll talk about today, we're not necessarily talking about the school. We're talking about the education and the training, obviously, that the Bible talks about. So again, those three points. God's not silent on the issue of education. Government education has changed drastically and rapidly. And number three, all education is aimed at developing some type of worldview. And it's either going to go one way or another. So there's the chalkboard points for this morning. So now you know more about that topic, or at least you've got a good starting point. And remember, when you know more, you can do more. 
you can think differently and that may cause you to act differently. Hopefully you can act on those convictions and you can actually say no more if you must. Okay, let's jump in uh, to today's lesson and let's put this thing into action. Let's welcome our guest, Dr. Glenn Schultz with us today. Again, the founder and director of Kingdom Education Ministries. We're excited to have him here. He's actually in his 54th year of education. That is a long time. I won't bother to mention, Glenn, that I am 54 years old. So obviously we could probably do the math there, brother. But we are excited to have you. He actually started his career at a central high school in New York as a chemistry teacher there uh, at a public school. And then five years later, got into Christian education and has spent, again, his life looking at God's plan for education of children. He started as a chemistry teacher, a coach, and then a principal and superintendent. And that was a path uh, much like uh, my own as well. He's written three books on kingdom education, uh, applying it, understanding it. And really, that's been uh, his um, uh, the primary endeavor in terms of his work. And as I mentioned uh, previously, these really have become the primer uh, for those of us that also have given our lives to Christian education, I've used these texts many, many times with my uh, board and with my uh, faculty and staff and even with our parents to really understand what are the convictions that we need to hold about education that we can directly excerpt from the scriptures. And so it was a pioneer work uh, back in the day, and it still is just a wonderful, wonderful text. Uh, he has also served as an adjunct uh, professor at uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and also Columbia International University. He's given lectures all across the United States and even in the foreign countries as well. So I am excited uh, again to welcome him. We first met at probably an ACSI conference or conventions years ago, and I've been tracking his career and following Kingdom Education Ministries and really feel blessed that he's one of our first guests here on the Clearly Christian Podcast to really get us started because this is really the foundation for everything we're doing. So again, welcome, Glenn. Great to have you uh, join with us today. Well, it's my pleasure to be with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to uh, cover in, in this time together. Uh, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Well, as we talked, the first edition written in 1998, so 25 years ago now, I, I can't believe it, but I thought it was noteworthy as I looked back over that introduction, and you said, hey, wonder what society will be like in 20 years and so here we are, we're over 20 years. And obviously that was stirring in your mind even back then as you looked at the, the culture back then. So what'd you see even back then that caused you to write, boy, Christian parents can't overlook and they can't ignore and they can't totally reject these Christian principles. And how has that really evolved over the years? Well, my, my background, I, I wasn't trained for education. I was a pre-med mm. major, found oh, myself yeah. teaching. So all the time I've I've always wondered, what does God want us to do in educating children? Is it is it just about going to school and going to college? Is there more to it? So that was always in in my background and my driving force. And then uh, I, I I started thinking there's got to be more than what I was seeing in the public school. Uh, and, and even when I got into Christian school, I'm saying, okay, we're adding Bible. We've got chapel. We can pray and read the Bible in classes. But but is that all it is? Do we just tack it on? So so that is what was forcing me to start and say, okay, what should we do about education? And when I went to Lifeway, uh, they were saying, you're saying things that other people aren't saying. You got to put this in a book. And that's how the book uh, came about. I, I didn't intend to write it. 
but it, it has become sort of my life message. Uh, but I saw where we had to go and address the issue of education biblically, home, church, and school. Yeah, fantastic. I love how you said that. It's become your life's message. That's a great phrase. I appreciate that. Over the years, what are some of the key verses that you've really come back to? Because your book is filled with verse after verse after verse. And what are some of the key ones that you say, okay, parents, especially if you don't know much about this at all, these are some you really need to grab hold of if you can recall some of those. Well, I I think right up front is what God says to parents. Deuteronomy 6, we we refer to that an awful lot, where he's really saying to parents, you've got to teach your children diligently. And then when I was reading Psalm 127, verse 3, where it says, children are heritage of the Lord, and I was trying to understand, what does that mean? Uh, it, It just sort of came about where that really means that our children are God's homework assignment to us as parents, and he expects us to complete it in line with what he says. So those were two key ones, Psalm 78, 1 through 7, where it even tells fathers, you're to show and tell your children the things of God to such a degree that they will rise up and teach their children, who will rise up and teach the next generation, and and even the following generation to set their hope in God. So four generations we should be impacting. And then I think probably... One of the ones that has been driving me lately is Colossians 2.8, where Paul warns Christians, don't be taken captive by false ideas that follow human thinking and the elementary principles of the world. And that's what I have seen happen over my 50, it's really 55 years this year. Uh, and, and I've seen so many young people's minds being taken captive uh, by false philosophies, and we've got to do a better job with that. Yeah, excellent. Well, that was a great segue into where I wanted to go because you've added, right? Originally, I think there was only 10 uh, convictions and you've added through the years. So uh, why have you added some? Is it because of the cultural shifts that you've seen taking place or is it because of what you see in this new generation of parents or a little bit of both? Well, where I've really added things as far as what is God's plan is just from my study of scripture, always trying to say, okay, how does this apply to what we do in raising our children? Uh, like, for example, uh, principle number 11 in, in my new book says, the education of children and youth must have as its primary focus an increase in the knowledge of God. I really believe that is behind the biggest problems we're facing in the church, in Christian schools, in the Christian home, in society. We do not know God. And all throughout Scripture, we're told that God acts in ways so that he will be known. And He that's why he created everything, so we would know him. So I, Scripture is, God just keeps telling me, uh, no, there's more to what my plan is. And I, I want to continue studying and trying to find out exactly what God wants us to do as parents, educators, and church leaders. Yeah, great. And why do you think, I mean, I'm glad you address parents, obviously, because that's a huge target uh, audience, obviously, for us. And like me, you know, you've given your work to this, and you know those stats that are out there. 90% of the population sends their children to government schools. And so I don't know if that stat has changed a whole lot uh, since you and I have been in this profession. Why is it, again, that uh, Christian parents, no matter whether they're boomers, they're Generation X, or why now most of our parents are millennials, why is it they just continually overlook or do they misunderstand or what do you think is at the core here? 
Well, I always believe that when the line of demarcation became so strong between secular education and biblical education, parents mm. would flock to Christian schools, but they didn't. I, I'm sort of convinced that what has happened, parents are more secularized than earlier parents. I, I think if I would go back to my generation of those parents who were sort of not not really tied into it, they would say now, oh, we've got to do something different. Mm. But but see, we've been in, we've been taken captive by the world, and uh, one of the things we have not addressed the issue of education biblically. I, I know I said that before, but that's mm -hmm. sort of something I'm so burdened about because what we do is we talk about schooling. Where yeah. where do we? Where should Christians send their kids to school? And I say, well, let's not debate that. Let's talk about how God wants us to educate children. And yeah. when we know how he wants us to do it, guess what? You cannot choose some of the ways that we choose to send them to a certain schools if we're trying to obey God's word. So we've got to get this message out to parents. Yeah, exactly. And as you know, we're working with an entirely different group of, of parents today. You know, millennials have different needs than obviously what you wrote even in, you know, 1998 when most of those parents were probably still had some boomers in school, but definitely uh, Gen X. And so it's changed drastically for us as we deal with millennial parents. Any major cultural shifts? I mean, obviously, you know, we look at, you probably never imagined when you wrote it in 1998 that here in 2023, we'd still be on this earth and we'd be talking about uh, let's make sure that you get your authentic gender down to, you know, uh, kindergarten and first grade students. So we, we can't believe what we're seeing now and the denying the basic realities of truth that God created the world and he created us male and female and let's respect those genders. And so, boy, obviously that's, that's a big one right out of the gate that we're just tackling now all of a sudden. But any other major cultural issues that you say, boy, for millennial parents, these are, are ones I really hope they, they they uh, grasp in terms of these convictions. Well, I, I think you've sort of touched on the big one, and that's yeah. the denial of absolute truth. And mm. we hear it all the time. It's your truth. You've got to live yeah. your truth. And what that really is saying, if you're going to go and follow the whole philosophy of your truth, you're saying there is no God. And if there's no God, then me as an individual, I get to choose what's right, what's wrong. I have found that behind all of history, there is a battle between God and Satan, good and evil. Satan mm. still wants to be God. And I, I've become very convicted that he has two main strategies. He wants to destroy the family and control the state. And when you get to Revelation, you don't hear about the state. You don't hear about the church. You just hear about Satan and one world government. And so when you think about what we're facing in society, the things with transgenderism, the things with all the battle over social justice and, and even back into critical theory and all that, it's all aimed at trying to destroy the family, separate children from their parents and saying they belong to the state. That's the real battle that's going on. And parents have to wake up to that because if, if they don't, and they keep abandoning them to the state, they're going to continue to shape their minds and hearts. They'll walk away from the faith like we've seen so many church kids do over the last several decades. 
Boy, that's a great point. And more and more authors that I'm reading are saying that exact thing. That again, the, the idea that if I can break down God's plan for the family, then I can really destroy the rest of the culture. And that's exactly what you're saying, because we know that God's plan for the family is, or the family was designed by God. And, and so it's all about looking as he intended it to look. So if I can break that down by destroying his definition of marriage and destroying all these other definitions that we know uh, to be true since the beginning of time, then, yep, that's my inroad to really take care of all those things uh, that would lead children down a wrong path. So, yeah, you're saying, I think, what other um, what other scholars are, are saying and recognizing right away. And it's a it's a scary place to be. Oh, yes. And what we've got to understand is you can deny the truth. You you can do all these things, but you can't make it uh, wrong. It's still going to be true, whether we believe it or not. There is truth. And these people who say, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth. I just say back to them, are you sure? And as soon as they say, well, yes, well, that's an absolute. And so you can't live by a false worldview with with actually borrowing from a Christian worldview. Yeah, right. Well, when we look at Christian schools, you know, obviously like what I run, I'm the superintendent of Mansfield Christian School. How do schools like us, which we feel like we're posited in a good spot and we feel like, hey, we are remaining true to these convictions and these biblical principles, um, yet we, and we kind of find ourselves as a beacon on the hill all of a sudden and we're getting good attention from Christian families and we're excited about that. But yet we're also faced at the same time with unbelievable criticism. Uh, from the radical left who doesn't like anything we do, uh, for sure. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we make sure that we stay strong and stay clear in our identity, uh, but yet also prepare for the, the really the public criticism that we're getting? How, what should we do here as Christian school leaders, in your opinion, to try to try to meet the needs of these parents? Well, I think it's got to start with leadership. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we cannot assume any longer that board members, even people we hire in administration and teachers we Mm. come in, come at it from a biblical worldview perspective and that they Mm. have a biblical philosophy of education. Uh, And and so, uh, you know, schools I've been at and that I work with, it it can't be a one-time effort. We've got to continually uh, help board members, teachers, administrators develop a biblical worldview first and mm-hmm. then develop a biblical philosophy of education. And, and then we've got to communicate it back and forth to each other daily. And then we got to go and train parents because the church has not trained parents to be biblical parents. Oh boy, that's a, that's a whole different episode. And I know you write on that in your book because uh, you do such a great job of talking about the extension of the home and the church. And so we've talked uh, at length here, obviously over my career about what it means to, to be a part of educating the, the mind, the soul, you know, the heart, of course, and the strength and really, you know, Boy, we, we need that, uh, that church to be a part of that and need it to provide those things. But that is just really no longer the case. And so really Christian schools have stepped in and done, uh, done a lot of that work. And, and, and in many ways, that's okay. We're, we're glad to fill that role, but we can't do it all. Uh, we can't do this really without the church, in my opinion. That uh, most of us are discipleship schools and we want to be an extension of the church. And that's where really that soul needs fed. Uh, but you're exactly right. We're finding so many of the teachers who come in and so many of the people in our leadership team, we just can't make any of those assumptions uh, any longer. 
Well, George Barnett says in some of his latest research that only between two and four percent of millennials have a mm. biblical worldview. Mm. But he also points out that the millennials are the primary parenting generation yeah. uh, at the age group where the kids' worldview is being formed. Now, I'm finding in Christian schools, the millennial generation is becoming the primary teaching generation in our schools. So that means we have got to be intentional and ongoing in training our teachers in this whole worldview and biblical philosophy of education, which I refer to as kingdom education, where God reigns in the entire process. Okay, good. I'm glad you addressed that. I meant to uh, do that out of the gate there and, and why the rationale for kingdom education. So good. I'm glad you you called that out. And I would agree completely. I feel like, and it's maybe good for me to hear this over again, but I've been doing this for 31 years and I feel like I'm constantly doing biblical integration and biblical worldview with our faculty and staff. And there's a part of me that wants to say, uh, don't we know this yet? Haven't we got this down? And yet I think, nope, uh, teachers have turned over. Teachers change. Obviously, generations change. The culture changes uh, so rapidly just year in and year out that I probably just need to settle in and realize, listen, you're going to have to do biblical worldview. And this idea of teaching from a biblical worldview, I love what Roger Erdvig, we're going through his book right now. I think that's a great book instead of trying trying to uh, pick out, you know, random verses and how do I integrate this into a secular curriculum and, and that, and instead thinking, no, 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 we want to teach from a biblical worldview. How does God view this subject? What are the biblical themes that we can pull out that we really want to make sure kids take with them for the rest of their lives? And so I think I've just settled on the fact that I'm going to need to do this probably every year with, like you said, parents and board members, uh, because things are changing so fast. And I just can't make any assumptions uh, when they walk through the door that, yep, they're going to have a biblical worldview and understand completely why we're doing what we're doing. Well, do you do you think the culture takes a break? Uh, they, they are bombarding us every minute of every day. Yeah. And, and so how are we going to just do, oh, we did that kind of, we, we addressed a biblical philosophy of education last year. You know, yeah. The culture doesn't work that way. It bombards us all the time. So we've got to take our, take a cue from that and say, uh, you know, my, my pastor, Michael Catt down at uh, Sherwood Baptist Church, said this so much, they put a big banner uh, up in our church lobby. He said this, whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. Mm. And it's wow. time for parents, church leaders, and Christian school educators to say, you know what? We want the next generation more than the world. You're not going to get our kids anymore. Yeah, I love that. We're going to have to decide to be bold. We're going to have to decide to say... um, you know, I've got to put this position out there and we'll just uh, let the chips fall where they may. But we have to be clear, crystal clear on who it is. Uh, we are what biblical follows. We follow the inerrancy of scripture, uh, things like that. I think for the first time, a good example, I in a Christmas program this year on stage, we had over uh, 2,200 people, I believe, come to four different Christmas programs. And really for the first time on stage as I, I get up there and obviously open in prayer and, and thank everyone for coming and things like that. But I felt compelled this year to say, let me remind you who we are as a school. And that means these are things we stand for. These are things that we believe are truths. And of course, you know, I only did this in about 15 minutes. So it wasn't extensive, but I also said, these are things that we 
believe are wrong. And I went ahead and just made those propositions. And I thought, I'm just going to stay it because we have literally thousands of guests in the audience. And this is the best audience I have all year. And they need to know who we are as a Christian school. Well, afterward, I could not believe the response because a lot of our parents said, boy, I am so glad you made that crystal clear because we had family and friends here tonight to watch our child. And as you well know, every uh, six or seven-year-old brings with them about 12 people in the audience, right? And uh, they come from all over the state. And they said, we were very much uh, impressed that this is the school. Thanks for clarifying what a Christian school does and what a Christian school means. And then in contrast, I did have a few people say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I had some relatives here tonight and they were offended by what you said uh, because they they believe that those those uh, worldviews or those positions that you that you said that you would deny here as not based on God's word and God's principles, uh, they're they're okay with those things. And so that was offensive to to them. But you know what? I'm okay. I'm glad that you said it because uh, they need to know that this is where I send my children. So we're just going to have to make that a way of life here in Christian schools. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, it's it's sort of the the saying, you know, live not by lies. We have to live truth, and that means yeah. we've got to speak it. We've got to speak it in love, but we've yeah. got to speak it because if we really do care about the next generation, we will want them to know truth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And right, as you said, we can't take any time off because the culture is not taking any time off either. Well, great, great discussions. Well, Dr. Schultz, tell us a little bit about Kingdom Education Ministries. If you want to know more about uh, Dr. Schultz and his books, and if you'd like to get a copy of Kingdom Education, uh, or you'd like to visit his website, or perhaps even schedule him to speak at uh, your church or your Christian school, or what can they do or where can they go to stay in touch with you and to keep track of I know you have your own podcast. Yes, uh, I do Kingdom Currents. It's an audio podcast that I do weekly. Uh, I had written a blog for about seven years, and mm. all of those are on my website also. Uh, but my website is just kingdomeducationministries.com, kingdomeducationministries.com. You can email me at Glenn, G-L-E-N, I only have one N in my name, at kingdomeducation.org. And uh, I, I'm just saying, God, use me in the last years of my life to impact this next generation for eternity and love to hear from people. Uh, well, thank you again so very much. I mean, this has meant so much to me. And like I said, I really uh, consider you, you know, we don't get together a lot, but I consider you a, a scholastic mentor uh, because most of what I say about Christian education uh, is based on the convictions that I've read over 31 years uh, in your books, uh, because we hold those, uh, we, I think I mentioned to you, we morphed some into five really that we think are key for MCS. And we go through those in orientation with our people. And it starts with parents, you will be held accountable yes. for your children. And I say it's a 24 seven process from birth to maturity. And you probably don't realize how challenging this is going to be, but we go through that right out of the gate. And so we're big, big fans. And, and this has meant a lot to me to, to stay connected. And I just want to uh, continue to express our appreciation and thank you again. And uh, we hope the Lord blesses your ministry. Well, thank you. It was an honor to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you again for joining me on the Clearly Christian Podcast. And I hope now you know more about what the Bible has to say about Christian education or about education and the training of children so that you can not only know more and then do more. And perhaps, as I said earlier, think differently about education and make a change if you must. And if you must, to say no more. 
Uh, because again, I believe that the only thing we're going to, the only way we're going to turn things around in our country is to increase the number of people who can live and influence society, society, really penetrate society with a biblical worldview. And the best way to achieve that vision or the best way to do that is to increase the number of children or to increase the number of people rising up in the next generation who have received a Christian education. And so again, that's my platform moving forward. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, again, this is Dr. Cy Smith with Clearly Christian. Thank you for listening to the Clearly Christian podcast with Dr. Cy Smith. Hear more episodes at clearlychristianeducation.com. If you'd like more information about Christian education in your neighborhood, or if you're interested in education opportunities at Mansfield Christian School, or if you agree with Dr. Smith and want to help him in his mission to influence and awaken Christian America, you can send Dr. Smith an email through the clearlychristianeducation.com website. Message him on the Clearly Christian LinkedIn or Facebook page, or call the Clearly Christian Connect line at 419-756-5651. This has been the Clearly Christian Podcast with Dr. Cy Smith on clearlychristianeducation.com. Brought to you in conjunction with Mansfield Christian School, a Brian Media production.